Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Today, we are hanging out with Jimmy Rose. Jimmy is the co-founder of Content Snare, a software platform that helps agencies collect content and files from clients. In a previous life, he was an automation engineer. Since he doesn't get to do that anymore, he's replaced it with teaching business owners about workflow automation. This helps them regain their lives, be more productive, and get more done in less time. All things that we can get behind here at YouGurus. Jimmy, welcome to the program. Brent, man, it's so good to be back on YouGurus. I love uh, what you're doing for agencies, so it's a bit of an honor. And yeah, I should have said, yeah, welcome back. Not just welcome to the program, but welcome <laughs> back. We'll uh, we'll get your your other episode linked into our, our show notes today where we talked a lot about content snare and what you've been doing. And I definitely want to get an update on on that project. But one of the things that we, we chatted about digging into today was some of what you do outside of that around your own productivity, around helping other business owners and entrepreneurs try to find more time and get some freedom through automation and through some of these tools like Zapier. Can you tell me a little bit about why you personally got into that? I mean, I love that stuff, but like, I don't do enough of it. I, and it sounds like you're, you're, you're really <laughs> far into this. Yeah. So I can kind of identify one point in my agency journey where it became super important. And it was like many agency owners, it was just, I was just way too busy, man. Like it was insane. Uh, classic, like trying to do too many things in the business. Uh, and there was a point where it was just like nonstop. I couldn't kind of get away from work. And if I wasn't working, I felt bad because I wasn't working. So it wasn't good. Uh, and I kind of just hit this breaking point where I was like, I need to do less work because this is going to kill me. Thankfully, I didn't hit the point of burnout like like a lot of people do, but I kind of just meant, you know, um, there's got to be a way. Like I knew things like Zapier and and it existed, you know, work for automation tools. Um, I was pretty averse to spending money, you know, on tools, uh, you know, another 30 bucks here, another 30 bucks here a month kind of added up. But at some point I went, you know what, I'm just going to start investing in these things Anything that can give me time, I will pay money for. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of how it all changed. And then I just, because I was, I guess, uniquely positioned to get into automation from my past life, as you mentioned, an automation engineer, I kind of just went hard on that. So, I mean, I think about all the things that we have to do as entrepreneurs and especially in the agency market where a lot of how you get paid is doing work, you know, providing services, billing hourly. I mean, it's almost like, you know, doing hourly work or whatever is kind of part of the job. And a lot of people grow their agency from themselves before they start adding other team members. So we feel like we have to be really busy. We have to, to do that to be successful. 
I mean, how much time can you really get back with some tool-based automation? I mean, I, I imagine you can't just have a zap to build me a website or, right, yeah. you know, run my clients, uh, you know, social media campaign or something like that. But I mean, what you, you mentioned you kind of needed to do this. You were way too busy. You were overstretched. I mean, what were some of the things you initially did to get some of that time back through automation? Yeah, so that is a pretty common question because obviously, yeah, when, when you're doing work, when you are the product, I guess, in a way, um, it is hard to automate that. But there's so much stuff you're doing as a business owner that is just regular crap that you probably shouldn't be doing. Like anything you have to do over <laughs> and over that isn't uniquely you doesn't need to be you. Like I spoke to a freelancer the other day who after taking my course, like he, he was literally looking at hiring someone or taking my Zapier course and ended up with the course um, and basically ended up not needing to hire a VA out of it. Right. But, and that was, I, I honestly, I don't know if that's like representative. That's not all that normal, but there is a lot of bits and pieces around the actual work that can be automated, you know, whether that's like, you know, even in invoicing and, and sending proposals, like this isn't necessarily Zapier and workflow automation, but if you've got a decent tool to send proposals, like to create proposals and send them really easily, um, and then the client can come in and, and sign that proposal. And then, I don't know, with a workflow automation, you can automatically generate a invoice in your invoicing software, like very simple example, but you know, that's low hanging fruit for something that you're probably having to do fairly regularly. If you're using Word docs, it's probably taking you half an hour to an hour to, to knock something up. Like that can be streamlined. And that's not hourly billing work that, you know, you're not trying to automate that. But, you know, on the other side of things, you can not necessarily like I, I put hiring and process into this like same bucket of like getting more done, you know, and if you can take certain parts of building a website and streamline those into a process that you can get someone to follow, that's still technically like it's some kind of automation as far as I'm concerned, you know, like if you've got a starter website, start a WordPress website that you just duplicate, that's got all your plugins and whatever ready to go, that's a form of automation. Uh, and then if you've got, you know, setting a website up on a new um, server that you've got a very simple process to follow. You hire someone to follow said process. You know, these are all things that are just essentially exchanging your time for money. So, so having a tool like Zapier is just really one form of workflow automation. You also have things where you can create a process to make it faster, or a template, um, and then even having a person do that, having that, you know, that you still consider that to be automation that you've, you've automated uh, the task, at least for yourself. And you've got an individual or a seat that's kind of doing that work now for you versus you doing it. Yeah, I probably wouldn't call it automation anymore. Because like, then we're treating a human like a machine. But <laughs> um, it's there's probably you know, a the, line that we, we crossed just there. But yeah, that's, yeah uh, that but makes there's, sense. There's still components of automation, right? Like when you are building a team, like you, if you're using the right kind of project management system or introducing processes where when a certain process is checked off, you know, like maybe that's we've gathered the content from the client. Once that's done, it automatically lets the developer know that this is the process they need to start working on now to start the website up. You know, like it's there, there are elements of automation in, inside human based processes. And I think that's kind of a lot of stuff like this now where it's becoming sort of 
automation assisted work, you know, like I, I don't think there are some processes that can be totally automated, right? Like for my podcast, you know, all the stuff in the lead up to it, like once I send someone a booking link, pretty much everything else is automated like that. There's heaps of stuff that could be done there. But if, yeah, in the example, when you humans need to do work, you can still assist their daily stuff with it. You know, like my VA who handles the podcast or uh, editing and stuff like I've created automations that help her click a few buttons that will automatically run it through a um, audio filters and that kind of thing. You know, she's still got to do a bunch of stuff around it, but there is assisted automation in there. I mean, for me personally, and, and I'll, I'll kind of share an example of where I've, I've been able to use this. I mean, I, I do use a lot of zaps. Uh, I've, I've definitely got a, a larger account for a lot of different uh, notifications mm-hmm. that we have and different links between systems or different teams. But even for this show, you know, I found that when I'd finished recording a podcast, I'd then upload the file and I'd sit there and wait for it to upload and upload and upload. And then once it uploaded, then I would email my team and say, hey, a new episode is live and or it's in, in the folder, it's ready for you to process it, which is not really that exciting of an email. And when you're doing one or two interviews a week and you're waiting the 10 minutes to have it upload and then you write the email, like that little gap, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it was like, I had to wait. And a lot of times what happened was I would upload it, go get busy, and then I would forget. And then my team <laughs> would be like, hey, Brett, like three weeks later, they'd be like, do we have any podcasts? I'm like, oh, I've done like three of them. And they're like, wow, that's news to us. We have to publish tomorrow. Would have been great to get this earlier. And so I just created a quick little zap to look for new files inside of a Google Drive folder. And then once it detects a new file, it sends an email and so all I have to do is do the upload and then walk away. And then I know, hey, the rest of this is done. And I even found like mm-hmm. I use Notability to take notes during my, my interviews. And so I even would put like the link to my Notability folder in Dropbox, like right in that email to say, hey, look in this folder for the newest, you know, notes and you'll find any, you know, anything that needs to be edited or clipped, you'll find some notes in there, right? So finding those little like process wins, I mean, that's huge, right? I mean, it's just like that little 10 minute kind of death by a thousand cuts. Every time I did a podcast episode, it was like hit or miss. Did Brent tell the team about it? Yes or no. What other, so, so that's like my kind of cool little, like I always feel really proud of that little automation. Um, but what else have you seen? Because you're obviously building these for your clients. You mentioned invoicing. I mean, what are some of the things that you've helped people maybe realize, oh, wow, that could be automated. I, I didn't think about that or that could save me that 10 minutes a day type thing. Well, just quickly, what you said there is such a good example and it, it's a good example because that's why a lot of people don't automate because it's like, oh, it's just 10 minutes, you know, and it's, or it's just this little thing. I'm only doing it once a week. It's not a big deal. But, you know, the, what it comes down to is it, when you're actually good at automation, like once you start learning, it, at the beginning, it might take you a little while to learn and get your head around things. But once you're decent at setting up automations, it might, like, let's say it takes an hour to set that up. It's it's not like in the early days, that, that's a pretty simple zap. It's probably only, that's a 10 minute zap for someone who's been doing it for a while. But even let's say it's an hour that it took to create that automation. Uh, saves you 10 minutes a week and six six weeks, you've paid it back, right? It's so you're net time positive. And if you do that for 10 different tasks, now you're saving an hour. That's like, well, no, sorry. We're saving a hundred minutes a week, which is pretty significant. Uh, and this, it just starts to add up to the point where, you know, I don't know how many tasks your Zapier account is running every month. It's something I kind of like to look at and go, well, if, if all of those things that it just ran this month took me 30 seconds each, 
I would have saved like 120 hours, which is like almost a whole person's worth of work. You know, uh, I think, yeah, we, we, we have a lot, but I mean, a lot of the things that we use will like be cross team notifications. So kind of like, you know, salesperson sells something and then, you know, for them to, maybe they're doing back-to-back calls for them to then go to like Slack and notify the next team. Like, Hey, we just enrolled somebody. You now need to go do something, right? Like that little thing, you know, especially if you're on the phone all day, right? And you're like, you don't get to it right away. And then mm-hmm. what happens is things start kind of falling through the cracks. So just those little oh, yeah. things too can, can add up big. Well, that, that whole like things you forget to do is one of the most category, the biggest categories that I talk about for like opportunities for automation. Cause there's, there's a whole lot of things that I should check, uh, you know, maybe whether it's daily, weekly, whatever, and I just forget to. And so that's a really good opportunity. And, and actually one of the, you asked for some examples and one that's kind of in that category is I like to know what kind of people are signing up for our product content snare, right? Because, you know, we might get, let's say it's 20, 30 signups in a day or something. I don't really know who's coming in unless so, so what I do is have a, a automation that looks up every single company that signs up, has a look how many staff they have, because there's a like lead enrichment is is a kind of a category of products where you can look up someone by an email address and get some information back. And there's actually a free tool built into Zapier that can that can do this called Lead Score by Zapier. And so you just feed it an email address and it'll say how many staff it thinks they have and what country they're in and a few other data points. But now I can say, well, if the number of staff is greater than 30, drop in a notification for me to like check this company out and see like if I should personally reach out to them, something like that. Right. And so what, what this allows me to do is identify potentially really good leads as soon as they sign up rather than, you know, having to look through the list of leads every day and go, oh, okay, look, who's signed up? Anyone like really important in here that I should reach out to. Now that sounds really basic, but like it has been instrumental in our business because I can get a notification as soon as a large company signs up. Like I, I used to, I had it set. So if, if it was over 30 staff, it would just roll it up into a list at the end of the day for me to scan through, but also give me an instant notification if there were more than say a hundred staff. And I got a notification that one of the top 10 airlines in the world had signed up for, uh, but when airlines were still a thing, I guess. Um, and so I got this notification and was immediately able to start talking to these guys and convert them as a client because they were still right there. They just signed up, you know? So in an agency world, you could do this exact same kind of thing to identify, you know, certain bigger companies instantly and call them, you know, that's just one example. Hey, agency owners, are you currently building, managing, or optimizing WordPress websites and struggling to keep up or becoming the bottleneck? I'm excited to announce unlimited WP, a white label team that can help you do more with less. Whether you're building a WordPress website, doing updates, or maintenance and backups, you can assign all those tasks and more to Unlimited WP so you can free your time, make more money, and focus on what's most important. Get 25% off your first month by using the code DAS2020 at unlimitedwp.com to start today. Now let's get back to our interview. And I uh, I wrote this down because I was not aware that Zapier had that lead source feature. Lead score. Built. Lead score. Lead score. Yeah. Lead yeah. score. Got it. So, so it's, they will actually give you some, some details, some intel from an email address directly. So, it, in there. so it's very basic, the one built into Zapier. If you want to step up that, uh, you can go to clearbit.com. And if you, uh, want to just have your mind blown, go to clearbit.com slash attributes. 
And I think there's a link to it on their homepage. It gives you an idea of all the different data points you can get just from an email address. So, and it's things like, you know, Twitter handle, company that they work for's Twitter handle, like LinkedIn's, um, you know, the bios from their Twitter or whatever, the industry, the country, the number of staff. Um, like there's, it's insane. The list is massive. It doesn't bring back everything for everyone, but you can get some pretty good data out of it, you know, and kind of like, you can even use this for your existing lead base to kind of get an idea. You know, we've used it for content snare to go like, who are our biggest industries? Because not everyone will tell us the industry that they're in when they sign up for content snare. So we can kind of do a lookup and then just go, okay, do a graph now on the industries that come back. That's a really awesome idea here or method that you're, you're already implementing for sales. And it's kind of a marketing sales, right? I mean, you're getting a lead in, you're getting a sign yeah. up, and then, you know, who do we follow up with kind of give you some triggers and notifications, which again, that sounds like a great idea when a new lead comes in to like go and look them up. And, you know, it sounds like a very aspirational thing that you're going to look everybody up and go through it. But the fact that you can automate it, it's going to be, it's that thing that maybe, you know, it's a really good idea if you had the time to do it, but you likely don't have the time to do it. So you end up not doing it, right? versus versus using something like this. You know, I, I in our in our program we call this setting up uh sensors and I think you can also use this on your client fulfillment side. So one of the things that we do is we have these little surveys that go out to our our clients after they have sessions or meetings or interactions with our our coaches and mentors and I, I won't say the number because uh, I don't want people to all of a sudden start giving low ratings. But I have it. If somebody gives like a low rating on a group session, then I uh, it sends me a text message. And then eventually, you know, I, I switch this over to send my lead mentor a message. But having a message go out and say, hey, this client just gave a, a low rating and it sends a text message where we can call them on their cell phone immediately. So I could be like at the grocery store or whatever. And then all of a sudden I realize, hey, a client has like a red kind of traffic light issue or they've got a problem. And so I just call them immediately and from a customer experience standpoint, you know, somebody just gave us like a bad review. And then like within moments, they're getting a phone call from, you know, either somebody in leadership or they're getting a phone call from, you know, the CEO or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it changes, you know, it can turn somebody who's a detractor, right? Or going to be a, a bad client into somebody who's really a promoter, right? Like that. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a good example too. Cause it's like, again, it's not something that's necessarily saving a stupid amount of time, but it's, it's something that you probably wouldn't have the time to do otherwise. And it makes a significant change to your business by doing it. I mean, I might go look at my surveys, you know, once every two months and be like, oh yeah, I should go look at all those responses and make sure everybody's doing good versus getting mm-hmm. those like, you know, alerts on like the big ones. So I just got a, another example on that note, you know, like I just literally built an automation yesterday that's going to take up our, those scores, you know, exactly the same thing, like NPS scores and wraps them up into a tweet because I'm really bad at sharing our positive feedback. And I'm so I've actually got an automation now that's going to wrap up all our feedback each week into a ready to post tweet that I can just throw on Twitter. Say, here's our like wins of the week or whatever, you know, just to share some positive feedback. So how does that, how does that work? So you get these, you're getting these surveys in and then it's going in and looking at them and then it's building some content dynamically from that. Is it just in a text or an image type post or how does that work? 
Okay, so a um, couple of things here. So one of the tools, and this you probably love this, is Digest by Zapier. So um, a lot of people don't know this is available, and it's I use this for so many things. Like I talked about the other day, like uh, so the other day just before um, that, I round up all a list of people who've signed up that are over thirty staff and get that dropped in as a list every day. It's the same tool; it's doing that here. So. What, what Digest does is every time an, an action happens or a trigger happens, so that's like, um, you know, new feedback was submitted, you can add some text to a Digest. So in like, imagine just like Zapier's memory, it's got this like block of text. That's all it is, just a block of text that's being, and you can add to it. And you're just saying, okay, um, now add this new piece of text, which will be um, person's first name gave us uh, score as the variable out of 10. So literally in the, in the, um, block of text that's being added, I've got an emoji that's like a list bullet. And then it says insert person's name, insert score slash 10, and then quotes and then whatever message they wrote. Right. And so I just added that block. Oh, sorry. New line, new line <laughs> is in the text block that gets added. So every time a score gets added, it's basically putting that entire block in. So it's just adding a review to the bottom. And at the end, like, so then you set a, a trigger schedule on it, which is like 8 a.m. on Tuesdays, I think I, I said. It, it'll drop into my personal task management system. And it'll also append a, sorry, prepend a block, which is like, here are our wins of the week with some like fire emojis or something. Um, so I literally just have to copy it out of my task manager and whack it straight into Twitter. I could schedule that as well, but I feel like I'll be doing, like directly schedule it to Twitter, but I might want to do some editing or it might be too long. So, yeah, that's really, or, I mean, and I can imagine it doesn't take a huge amount of marketing prowess or proofreading or editing skills to just, if you hand that off to somebody else and said, Hey, can you, you know, these, this digest is going to come across your desk every Tuesday at 8 a.m. I just need you to go through here, make sure that nobody said anything weird and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, publish these directly. So that's, that's super cool. I yeah. love these ideas. So, so that's the digest <laughs> is a feature within Zapier. We have that lead score and clearbit.com slash attributes tool as well. Dude, what other, I feel like we're like, I'm like <laughs> pulling back. I'm like getting all these little secrets to automation from you. So uh, what else do you have? <laughs> what, do you, what else do you have in this bag of tricks? Oh man, I don't know. I was just, I, there are just lots and lots of different things. Like digest is actually one of my favorite tools. Like I'm just looking through a list of things that I've created here and, you know, I even use Digest to monitor our project management system and see which features have been rolled out to Content Snare. And then so I can easily create a roundup post and say, hey, this week in Content Snare, these are the new features and maybe make a video on it, right? It just becomes like a checklist. But another cool feature, actually, another one that's built into Zapier is Push by Zapier. I use this pretty regularly. It is a browser extension that uh, essentially allows you to trigger zaps based on the page you're currently on. So you open push and it'll have all your zaps that are there ready. Like, so, so some examples that I've got are, um, cue this, cue this page up for my weekly newsletter or share this on my socials for content snare or share this on my socials for jimmyrose.me, which is like my personal automation stuff. So if I find something that I think is a good, uh, fit, like it's all, a post about productivity automation. I'm like, this is really cool. I want to share it with both my weekly newsletter and my socials. I open push and I just write in a comment and go, Hey, this post is freaking amazing. Um, I like it because of XYZ. You know, I just type it in a text box. I copy it, hit send. And then I also open the zap that's for my socials and paste it in there and hit send. 
And essentially what that'll do is uh, queue it up for my weekly newsletter. So when I'm like, cause it's basically a curated newsletter, it'll just, yeah, set it all up, ready to get sent out. And it'll also post it on all my socials, you know, just cause, cause it, what it does when you use that extension, it sends the current URL, um, the current title of the page, the little box that I typed in. So the description or whatever I want to say about that particular thing. And then it all, all just gets queued up automatically. So push by Zapier is really cool. Nice. So there's some, uh, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of the benefits are, I mean, obviously there's, there's applications to, to marketing, right. Being able to queue stuff up. And I love this, like, like when you're in, in the moment doing it, reviewing your teams, you know, what they've completed for that week, being able to send that out to your, to your clients for marketing. I mean, I can imagine when, I mean, a pretty common task that agencies do, I'm just thinking that the big ones, right? Like client onboarding, Mm. Every time you onboard a client, I can imagine there's opportunities for automations. I'd love to hear what you've seen people do there, uh, but also in some kind of weekly or regular updates to clients. So just kind of like what you said with your feature launches, things that you have to send to your clients on a regular basis of like, hey, here's what we got done, right? Because I remember back in the day, like, you know, when we didn't have these cool tools, sometimes we'd go like a couple of weeks, sometimes three, four weeks, we wouldn't update our clients. We'd be like head down working on their project, you know, not, you know, there wasn't anything to show them. So we were just working on stuff, but we were behind the scenes. We we're getting a lot done and they're not logging into our, you know, our base camp or whatever. Right. So getting them some updates on what's, what's happening. Uh, so what are some things on, on onboarding and, 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 and client reports that you guys have, have helped people with? Well, yeah, I mean, you just, that's a perfect example. So, cause I actually use almost the same kind of thing to just get myself updates of what's happened in our project management system each day, just so I know what the team's on top of. So you can get a little list. It's just like, you know, person, you know, my VA did XYZ, our writer did XYZ. And, you know, so that is a really good use case and especially doing those client reports because, you know, I, I think it's such low hanging fruit to turn an agency around from like, from a client's perspective, you know, if you've been quiet for a few weeks, that can look really bad. Um, but it's so easy to just like send them a list, like with the, the, the old three things. It's like what we did this week, what we're planning on doing next week and what we're waiting on from you. It's such an easy thing to do just for all your outstanding projects each Friday. And for the, what you did this week, you could just use, yeah, Zapier by Digest to roll it all up, um, in, in like a draft email. So that's like the kind of thing you could do with Zapier is actually plug it into Z uh, Gmail and say, create a draft email ready to go and then get the link and send it to, um, the VA or whoever's sending that email account manager. And so they can just click it. It opens up in Gmail and they can just finish typing it. I like that it's, uh, uh, I, I just like that, that idea of even just planting the seed that it can just be a draft email that it doesn't have to actually automate and send, you know, because there's that, that that risk, right? What if I automate something it sends, you know, it sends an email to my client that says, you know, what do we do this week? And there's nothing there, right? What are we doing next week? <laughs> yeah. and there's nothing there, right? And there's, uh, you know, but but having it do a draft and then you can at least check it, it saved you time on the prep, right? Because sometimes just creating, you know, hitting compose email and finding the client's name or whatever, finding their email address. I mean, those little things, you don't realize how much time they take up. Um, but keep going on that one. Well, there's a, on that same topic, I mean, this isn't Zapier, but it's heavily in the productivity and I kind of call it automation arena, text expander is a good tool for um, 
having snippets of text that you type regularly, right? So I, on the basic level, I might use this for my email address. So I literally have a, like every shortcut starts with a period. Most people use semicolon. For some reason, I just defaulted to period. So I just go dot E and space, and that expands to my email address. So I don't have to type it. You know, it means there's probably not going to be any typos, whatever. I didn't, it's something I'm typing regularly. So it just shortcuts my some time. Uh, I've got one for the content snare website. I've got one for the Jimmy Rose website. So I just go like dot JRW and it expands to HTTPS colon slash slash Jimmy Rose dot me. It's all just like, as you type uh, on your computer, you can type this whenever and it'll expand. Now, taking that to the top, like to the next level, you can have an entire draft email like that. So, um, it, with placeholders. So I might go like when a podcast is going live and I want to tell the guest, I go like dot ah for agency highway dot ahl for live is, is my email about like your podcast is going live. It's got a placeholder for their name. It's got a placeholder for the URL. And then I can drop that into an email ready to go. I modify it as well. You know, I change different bits, whatever is necessary. But from the URL, it'll put the link to the episode and it'll generate sharing links for Facebook, Twitter, whatever. You know, so these, uh, that's not so much like workflow automation, but it's a productivity technique that saves a ton of time. And if you can get your team involved in something like that, like if they're typing the same emails to clients all the time, you know, that's a pretty good example. Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast so I can focus on getting my clients' results and building a successful and profitable agency. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more info at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. I'd love to talk about, I'm going to come back to team. Okay. Before we close out today, I do want to talk about like, is there instances where automating things can backfire or maybe where it can cross a line or it's no longer kind of useful for either you in terms of productivity or maybe it's not getting the results that you thought it was going to in terms of keeping your clients up to date? Is that, you mean just automation in general when it doesn't yeah. work? Like, yeah, when yeah. it doesn't work or kind of when you automate something and it has a negative I- impact, right? I mean, I think people are interacting with more automation now or in more bots and things like that, which I know we're not talking about that today. But, uh, you know, it, it's you, sometimes you feel like you know when you're being somebody automating a task or process with you. And sometimes as a, yeah. a recipient of that or somebody's interacting with it, I think it can sometimes feel a little bit less human or a little bit less yeah. valuable. I mean, whether it is or not is is a different, a different story. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, even personal emails often get thought about as automated now. Like sometimes, you know, when I said I reach out to some of the bigger companies that sign up for content snare, like a lot of the time they think the email is automated. I follow up and go, I promise this isn't automated like uh, after like three or four days. And they're like, oh my God, I, I so thought that was automated. Even though I wrote in the email, like, something very specific about them and their website and like called them out. I'm just like, really interested in how you're going to use content snare. And they're like, Oh, I thought it was automated. You know, <laughs> so that's definitely the downside of this. Um, I've seen a rise in tools recently um, in, in cold email type tools where they 
actually do image replacements. So you can generate images dynamically now. And that's actually something I was going to say before around that, like sharing the feedback of the week. My original plan was to generate a, um, a image of all our feedback using banner bear. So there's another tool for you, but it's basically an API for generating images, but there's a lot of tools now that for cold email where they'll like take a screenshot of your website or like take a picture of you that they've injected and actually merge it into another email so i've got this i got this email the other day from this guy it's just like oh i am an accountant and i was on your website see and it's like him sitting awkwardly in front of a computer like gesturing to the computer and it's like the content snare website and I just immediately, I blurred out his face and the personal details and put it on Twitter and started a thread about how like freaking awful that was because it was so cringe. <laughs> and, and I think that's what I'm talking about. Like, I feel like there's, and I think the intentions there good. He's trying to get your attention and trying to help you in some way, but sometimes it does feel like there's automation. I mean, I think marketers obviously have you know, they're, they're like the first to ruin everything. I mean, I think a lot of automation and funnels and, you know, email series and, you know, I mean, that, that's been automated for a while. I mean, uh, you know, whether it's active campaign or Infusionsoft and I get that a lot too. When I do personal outreach to people, you know, I, I don't have the cool automation that you have of like giving a highlight for when it's a, a higher level client, but I will go back to past clients and do personal outreach. And sometimes I get that response of like, Oh, I figured this was, you know, I figured this was just automated. I figured this was, a, you know, I'll send them a personal video where it's like me and I'm like, yeah, hey, Jimmy, what's up, man? Uh, Brent here from you gurus. We've got an event coming up, right? And then they'll watch the video and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I thought that you like sent me, uh, I thought you sent everybody the same video, but I do feel like people have gotten, I don't know if burned is the right, but they've, they've maybe felt tricked by something that's automated. Everyone's jaded. Yeah, there's a lot of automation. You know, I, I was literally going to say the exact same thing about personal videos. I stopped doing them because no one opens them. Like, I've tried so many things. It's like, I'm literally recording people video and asking questions and like, I don't know, thanking them. And then like half the time that I get up, more than half the time, they weren't even getting opened. I was like, I'm giving up. <laughs> so yeah, if people are I, You know, on, on that one, I found that I just, I got, I mean, it takes a ton of effort. I think if the, if the, mm. if the outcome is worth it, it's, it's still okay. But what I found was there was no difference between a four and a half, five minute personal video and a 30 second video. So I just got my workflow to where I could do, you know, 60 to 90 videos in an hour where I just kind of sat wow. down, had the, you know, had a button to record. They went into a drive folder. They got sent to a team member who then, you know, did the processing and did the emailing. So the video part mm-hmm. was the personal, like I could, it was hard to fake that. Uh, and I think when people saw the videos, even if it's only 30 seconds, they kind of felt like, Oh wow, Brent actually recorded a video. Now everything else in this box was automated you know, delegated. It yeah. was just that recording piece, but you know, some well, that's a perfect example. Again, it's, it's like assisted automation, it's automation, assisted personalization, you know, everything around the video was automated, but the video itself was any tips for the team conversation about how to get other people. Cause I mean, some of these things you talked about today, you know, the, uh, text expander looking for even opportunities to save 10 minutes. I mean, I know that in, in any team, you have three, four five, 10 people, if you're an agency that has 20 people working for you, if you can figure out how to save all of your team members 10 minutes, three times a week, I mean, that's serious money that's coming back to you as an entrepreneur, let alone if you actually teach people how to do this from a mindset and just a general practice. Have you had success in helping entrepreneurs and agency owners bring this kind of skill set into their companies? 
not so much the skill set. I've helped. I mean, two, there's two parts to this. Yeah, e- either bringing the skill set in or just helping them automate processes. Like the second part, like helping a company who has a team, is usually some kind of call. You know, where we get key people on the call and talk through their processes, and they actually just bring up the things they're doing over and over again um, manually. And then it's just a matter of like trying to work out how you can you know, create processes. You know, sometimes that's not zappy. I've, I've worked with clients where we're literally just setting up an air table or something to manage all their clients because they were, they were doing like this, um, it's like e-commerce, but through Instagram and they had to manage it all with spreadsheets, you know, and I kind of introduced them to Airtable and like all the stuff we could automate with that. And they were just mind blown. Right. And the, like I was on a call with like, three team members then the business owner would kind of go, Oh, I actually don't know how that works. And then the team member would take over and say how it works. And that that's kind of how we pieced it all together. As for bringing the skills in house, I mean, it's just someone on the team has to learn how automation works. Right. And typically that's going to be an operating person, you know, COO or a operations manager. That's like one of, I guess, the the two core audiences for my Zapier course are like COOs or operations people and or just the business owner. It really helps to have some kind of internal knowledge rather than just trying to bring in an agency because the agency was have to like an automation agency. I mean, like they have to spend a lot of time learning your business and there's probably going to be a lot of nuances that you forget to tell them or like, you know, it's, it takes a lot of work to get to get an understanding of someone else's business. So like, I, cause I help agency, uh, other businesses with their automation. I can tell you that first stage is always like sometimes really, really difficult, but if they actually had a bit of an understanding of what's possible with automation, the conversation is smooth as every time. So I think it's actually really good to have some level of internal knowledge of like what's possible. And the only way to do that is actually to start playing around, you know, and learning things like watching videos. It's, it's a kind of knowledge that snowballs really well. Like at the start, it might be difficult because you're like, I don't even know how these things work, but you just start small and go, I'm going to connect our contact form to our CRM or something, you know, really simple example. And then you, you, as you play around and try different things, you just build a knowledge of what's possible, you know, and it starts sending you down little rabbit holes. Yeah, you can kind of spend a bit, waste a bit of time doing it, but um, I think it's good to have that knowledge of just like wanting to improve processes. In, yeah, and, and someone in the business should have that knowledge because you're they're very close to all the processes, so they can make those improvements rather than trying to bring in someone else um, to try and understand the processes first. That's awesome. I, I love the mindset of play with this. And sometimes you do have to just kind of mess around and see what works. And I think mm. when it comes to automation and when it comes to these types of tools that kind of glue different parts of your business together, that that investment of time, while it might seem at first like you're not making progress, is probably going to come back in spades with saving you lots of little 10-minute tasks or maybe something bigger, right? Maybe it's it's larger things that are more complicated to, to get to work between systems. So, dude, Jimmy, thank you for uh, running us through this today. This is I, I love nerding out on this stuff. I love creating these kind of systems and processes within our business. I feel like there's always uh, you know these small little things you can do to create big wins, and I could nerd out on this topic probably a lot longer. But uh, we've only got so much time today. But we'll yeah. probably have you back on the show maybe sometime, <laughs> and we can talk more about uh, automation and productivity on the program. Are you ready for our lightning round? I hope so. <laughs> 
<laughs> dun dun dun. Um, what uh, what is the best advice you've ever received? I think that would be to focus on one thing. I mean, a lot of people listening to this are probably like me, most entrepreneurs. It's just like always trying new shiny object, trying to do more thing like more things. I think focus is really really important. I'm not perfect at it, but you know, it helps me strip things away that I shouldn't be doing. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Well, actually, on the same note, lately it's been uh, finding things to strip away. You know, things that like actively finding things that I should not be doing. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? And I know this episode is already very full of tools, but is there <laughs> something else that you use on a regular basis that you think our folks would would like? Yeah, one I've been playing with recently is Mangles, which is kind of like an Ahrefs or SEMrush competitor. It's not as not as good, but it's like 80-90% of the way there and a lot cheaper. Um, so yeah, Mangles has been pretty good. Mangles? Yeah, yeah, it's like Mango Ools. So M A N G O O L S. Cool. Not a great name. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, we, we talked about it. I mean, it, it, you know, yeah. I had to ask you about it and just have you spell it out. So, you know, I think that's <laughs> that's more memorable. And, and maybe our, our audience has not yet heard about that. I hadn't heard about mm. that. So it's mm. cool to get another tool in our uh, tool belt. What book would you recommend and why? Traction by Gabriel Weinberg, which is not. So the other traction that a lot of people talk about is uh, Gino Rickman or something like that. Um, anyway, so that one I could barely get through. It was like it almost put me to sleep. But Traction by Gabriel Weinberg is, it's actually made for SaaS or software startups, but I think it applies to pretty much any business. And what it does is go through, goes through, I think it's 19 or 21 different marketing channels, which is pretty much every marketing channel, right? And, and it makes you, gives you a framework of like how to decide which one you're going to go for and how to like run little tests in each one to work out which marketing channel is good for you. And I, I don't know. I just find it really good for opening up different ideas of how you could get business essentially. Awesome. Well, we will link out to Gabriel Weinberg's traction. The other traction has been mentioned on our show a bunch. Yeah. We'll also link out to Mangools as well as a lot of the other great tools, Z- Zapier, Airtable, and the others that were mentioned on this yep. show, uh, clearbit.com as well. We'll make sure that all those at our show notes page at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. So if you were listening to this, and you're like, wow, I got a lot of, there's a lot of tools I can go check out. Go to our, po- our podcast show notes page and uh, click on Jimmy's episode there at the top and you'll find all that stuff in one great place. Uh, Jimmy, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's two websites. Is contentsnare.com is for our software product for collecting content from clients. And jimmyrose.me is where I kind of just automation and productivity-related blogs. That's where my Zapier course is. Um, and you'll find my YouTube channel there as well, which is I'm just trying to put out a lot of you know, free content that helps people save time. Awesome. Well, we'll also add those links to that show notes page at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. And we will uh, create a little, uh, we'll get all your social links. So YouTube, all that good stuff. We'll organize that in one place. So if you guys want to follow Jimmy, learn more about him. Also, the last episode that you were on, on the digital agency show, we talked a lot more about content and content snare. So uh, I always want to make sure we're also promoting your your kind of main thing, which is that content business. (laughs) Thanks for coming on the show today to talk about automation. Jimmy, this has been absolutely amazing. Brett, man, thank you for having me and and for doing it on a day where there's probably a lot of distractions going on. (laughs) 
this is, uh, yeah, this is being recorded. We didn't, we didn't even mention that Wednesday, November 4th at like 3.30. So who knows? We'll, we'll get off this call and maybe something's changed in the world. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but dude, thanks again for being here. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Brent Weaver.